0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them just as he was in the boat. And other boats were with them and a great storm of wind arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And he awoke and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with awe, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and sea obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. So, two very interesting readings today. and again, it's it's a little bit difficult to kind of reconcile the two. Why does the church give us uh, this scene with uh, Nathan and David, and then this scene on the on the sea with the disciples? And I think it's tied in with the, uh, the the either the sinfulness or the giving in to a particular passion, instead of acting according to right reason and according to right faith. And so what happens is we know in the first reading that. At this moment, what's happened is David has sinned because he's not only given into lust with Bathsheba, but also then he's become a murderer. He's had her husband killed. And so he's not only responsible for his his acts of impurity, but also responsible uh, for the death of another person. So he's become a murderer and it shows how sin can compound, can build, one can build upon another. Um, And so as he's trying to cover up the first sin, His response should have been simply to ask for forgiveness or contrition, but he begins to try and cover up that first sin. And that will always lead to worse sin. And so what we see here is a sin of lust then becomes a sin of murder. And so he progresses in sin. And so the Lord intervenes because he loves David. And so he sends him the prophet Nathan. But very often sometimes when uh, when someone is caught up in sin, They have all kinds of rationalizations for the acts that they've done. And so the Lord needs to break into that type of rationalization of the actions. And so we can see what he does here, which is very powerful, is that the Lord sends Nathan to David and doesn't just speak to him of his sin. He gives him a different situation to judge. And so he breaks his mind out of those rationalizations by allowing him to just simply judge another scene. And so he says, and he gives that example, um, of that as the story we heard this morning. And so then uh, what he then says is, make a judgment on this. And David says, that man deserves death. And then Nathan turns that judgment, which he has judged, on himself. He says, you are that man. You are that man. And so then he's able to receive it. He's been broken out uh, of that type of rationalization by God's word. He's been broken out of that type of thinking by the word of God and by the power of that word. And that word then is able to convict him in his heart and he responds immediately with contrition. And then we see because he responds with contrition, the goodness of God that God not only then begins to restore David himself, but it is particularly through this lineage with Bathsheba that Solomon will come, and then that will be the lineage that takes down to the Messiah. And so the Lord is able to restore the sins of David as bad as they got. The Lord, because of his mercy, is able to then work through that brokenness, work through that sinfulness, and because of contrition and the sorrow for sin, then the Lord reestablishes his house. And so I think what we see then in the gospel is also a faltering by the disciples that we see, as we see at different moments in the gospel. Here they do not fall because of impurity or lust, but they fall because of fear, right? They give in to fear. So it's again this response to a passion that arises in them that they begin to waver in their faith. And that's why the Lord says, have you no faith? But he gets the cause. He says, why are you afraid? So the first cause is the fear, and then because of that, they begin to lose faith because they desire self-preservation. Things are happening, and so they act because of that fear instead of acting because of faith. And you might say, well, is it not reasonable that they should wake the Lord up when they are about to die? But there is other things to consider there. They know that he is able to do something, and they know that he loves them, but yet he is asleep and at peace. And what happens is instead of just entering into that peace with Christ, they allow themselves to become so disturbed by all of the exterior things that are going on around them. And so one of the church fathers has a beautiful commentary, and actually there's a few of them that say the same thing, which is they say that the wind and the sea represent both the invisible and the visible attacks that come against God's church. The invisible being the spirits, the intentions, the things that we cannot see, the visible being, well, the things that we can see, the people who attack it. And so the one is, is, if you will, um, is kind of incited by the other. The wind is what causes the waves to begin to grow. So also the spiritual is normally the instigator behind what becomes manifest and visible. And yet all of these things that might beat against the church, all of these things that might come against the people of God, our response can never be to give in to fear and act because of fear, because then we are not acting according to faith. But rather we look at the Lord who might appear to be asleep on the cushion or asleep in the stern, and we see his peace. We see his rest. And we are called not to give in to all of the turmoil of what is exterior, but to rather turn to Christ and enter into his peace, into his love. Love casts out fear. And so when the disciples here are moved to fear, we can see that there is a lack of love. And it is a lack sometimes of confidence in God's love. And so what happens here, and this can happen whenever trial and difficulty might start, especially in particular in our, in our lives. Sometimes sufferings come or difficulties arrive. And we might be tempted like the disciples to assume some type of lack of love on the part of God. What the disciples, they reveal that when they say to him, do you not care if we perish? They project into God a type of uncaring, a lack of love. And yet we know that that's not possible. God is love. And so they doubt that he actually cares for them because of the trial and the difficulty that they are experiencing. And for us also, we might be tempted against faith, faith in the love of God, faith in the love that he has for us when we go through different trials and difficulties. But these are simply the passing storms. And that same powerful word of God that was able to convert David back to faith is also, as we see in the gospel, able to have authority and power over anything that might come against his church or his people. He woke up. In the Greek, the word is very beautiful. That word for waking up is the same word for a storm as it is growing. So it is arising. So he, in a certain sense, meets the storm as a storm. He shows his power. And so what happens is he awakes and he rebukes the wind. He rebukes first the cause of what is disturbing the sea. And then he says to the sea, peace be still. He rebukes the evil spirits, and we can see the presence of his Holy Spirit. This peace and this stillness that comes from the Spirit of God, a peace and stillness that comes from being able to rest in the love of God, knowing that all things that happen, happen according to his will, and that in that we can have peace. Whatever the Lord permits, he will give us sufficient graces to endure. And through those trials, we will become better. But his words not only affect the wind and the sea, they also then affect his disciples. And they respond with this awe, this awe that is now overwhelmed with the very power of the one whom they have in their midst. Who is this then, that even the sea and the wind obey him? Amen.